When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If your blood runs orange and blue, this is the pod for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. All good things must come to an end. Welcome to Orange and Blue Blood, an RSC original, WFN original podcast focused on the New York Knicks. I'm EJ Stewart, joined by Tommy Beer. We'll be talking about the unfortunate happening that happened at Madison Square Garden with Knicks. Nine-game win streak was snapped by the Charlotte Hornets. We'll break down what happened in that game and why the Knicks will go on to the West Coast without that winning streak. We'll also preview um, that West Coast trip. We'll start with the game against the Sacramento Kings, which takes place on Thursday. The Kings are one of the hottest teams in the NBA, the number two seed right now in the Western Conference. So a lot to talk about with that Kings team. So that should be a fun discussion. And we'll take a further outlook on just that entire West Coast trip. It's a big trip. Um, they got two games against the Los Angeles team, the Clippers and the Lakers. Uh, they have a game against Portland until they come back home. And then when they come back home, they'll have another tough West Coast team. They'll have the Denver Nuggets after that. So uh, Nick's schedule, a little bit of an interesting part of it. Uh, late West Coast trip. I think this is probably their last West Coast trip of the season. So plenty to talk about on this episode of Orange Blue Bloods. Tommy joins me as always. Tommy, how you feeling today? Oh, hanging in there, EJ. You know, uh, yeah. I think we, uh, you know, as you mentioned, all good things must come to an end. And we mentioned on one of the pods that, you know, as much as you get up for the uh, the other games, the the Heats and the Celtics of the world, sometimes it's the lesser knowns that trip you up. And I think this was a combination of that. But, but more importantly, just the, the Knicks running on fumes, uh, you know, after really expending a lot of energy and effort um, to secure wins in Miami and Boston. And they uh, came crashing back down to earth. Um, but uh, especially without Jalen Brunson. So I think that's kind of a, a big storyline, as we'll see. Well, I'm very interested to see. Uh, we should get the injury report later this evening. We're recording this pod on Wednesday afternoon. Um, Knicks haven't released their injury report for two, uh, for Thursday's game against the Kings yet. It'll be interesting to see if, if Brunson's still questionable or probable. Um, but that's when we should get an idea because the Knicks have been um, not not very forthcoming with details um, as far as Jalen Brunson's injury situation. Tibbs has downplayed it, um, but I think we still obviously have to wait to see him get back on the floor before we before Nick fans feel confident again. Yep, we all know Brunson serves a drink for this team. So uh, any game they have without him, the Knicks are playing massively shorthanded. So uh, the sooner they can get him, the better. But of course, they got to make sure they got to get him healthy. So. Um, should be a good episode today. This Orange and Blue Buzz again, a New York Knicks podcast, Odyssey WFN original. You can get these episodes wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you hit the auto download feature on your download streaming service so you can get these uh, episodes every time we drop. We drop three times a week. This is number two for this week. Um, so make sure you guys 
uh, hit that auto download feature on your streaming service. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube. You can find us on the Odyssey Sports Channel, where we post not just the full episode of this podcast, but also segments of each episode go up as well. So make sure you subscribe to the Odyssey Sports Channel so you can get uh, these episodes of the podcast via video in that uh, instance. So plenty of ways to get us. Make sure you listen to us in all ways possible, supporting your guys, EJ and Tommy here. But let's get right to it, talking about this game. So it was fun while it lasted, but the New York Knicks winning streak is over. Snapped at nine games. The team was stunned by the Charlotte Hornets at Madison Square Garden. Last night, final score 112-105. New York got to a 16-point lead at halftime against the Charlotte Hornets, who were able to then take advantage of the Knicks' short legs and uh, tired legs in the second half. The Knicks, while scored 62-39 to in the second half, um, they shot just 30% from the field in the second half. So Knicks uh, definitely were not up to snuff when it came to trying to close out this team. Kelly Oubre led the Hornets with 27 points. Uh, Terry Rozier at 25 great uh gordon hayward also had a big game this one hit some big shots in the fourth quarter so hornets flat out outplayed the knicks down the stretch uh the knicks did get 27 from rj barrett he was their leading scorer he did not get much help on the offensive end besides of that uh julius randall 16 points five for 17 shooting emmanuel quickly 14 points five for 16 shooting both of those guys logged major minutes and made big plays in that boston celtics game those guys unable to re- replicate that kind of production in this Hornets loss. Jalen Brunson, as we mentioned, remained out in this game as he continues to recover from a sore foot. So let's talk about this game first. Uh, Tommy, do you attribute this loss essentially to fatigue? I mean, when I watched this game, it felt like um, when you look at the amount of offense rebounds the Hornets were able to get, uh, the Hornets have just seemed like the much fresher team, the much quicker team. Do you attribute fatigue to this uh, to this loss? Yeah, I think I think definitely in the second half. You know, with, uh, you know, going in, I think a lot of folks were wondering – Double overtime in Boston, right down to the wire, Miami, just game after game after game of hot, you know, the expending mental, physical, you know, everything you could, leaving it all out there on the floor. Um, you know, we talked about last Friday before the Celtics game, you know, Julius Randle forgot what question he was answering because he said he was so exhausted yeah. um, in, in the in his postgame presser. And, and obviously we know what happened Sunday with IQ playing 55 minutes, um, Barrett 50 minutes, um, Randle 47. Um, you know, these things are just compounding upon each other. Nine game win streak, almost a month, um, you know, just feeling that pressure day in, day out. Um, and you know, the first half, they look great. Um, you know, scored 41, was it 41 points in the second quarter alone or maybe 45, um, yeah, 45 points in the second quarter alone, um, entered the half up 16, um, you know, just, just playing at a really high level. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, okay, you know, they, (laughs) this team is immune to, uh, you know, any type of letdown. Um, and, 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 you know, and we saw the starters come in start of the third quarter getting be getting beat to loose balls not closing out as sharply as they had as they as they had been um you mentioned giving up some some offensive rebounds second unit came in gave them a spark gave them some life um pushed that lead back up to nine actually and then we saw kind of the the old Knicks creep back in with their inability to uh, finish down the stretch uh, Charlotte goes on a 14 to two run and Knicks just don't have that answer. Um, you know, one of the things we had talked about, you know, continuously throughout this entire season was when the Knicks needed a basket, you know, Jalen Brunson would calm things down, 
back his guy into the post, pump fake twice, you know, and get himself a shot in the paint or or shot at the rim and just kind of settle things down. Obviously not having Brunson there, um, you know, was, was a major factor. IQ had played the game of his career Sunday night. Um, he looked a little bit short, you know, his legs obviously a little bit weary, um, just didn't yeah. have that, in, that, that same spark, that same pep um, that, you know, that, that drove the offense uh, Sunday night in Boston. So, um, you know, not a shocking loss in the fact that, um, you know, you knew this, the, the streak was going to have to end, but obviously the fact that they were up 16 to the half up nine in the, in the fourth quarter against a bad, Hornets team. Let's let's make no mistake. It's a team that got blown out by Boston. Hadn't won a game since uh, Lamella Ball was sidelined with a fractured ankle. Um, so um, I was thinking to myself, kind of as the second half was playing out, if the Knicks were playing a good team, a decent average NBA team, they would have been blown that lead. Um, yeah. Prior to even you know they wouldn't have built that big of a lead, and then they would have given up a you know they would have given up the lead sooner. Um, you know I thought that maybe they would have a chance to hold down because the Hornets just don't have the talent to compete um, with the Knicks from one through nine on uh, in the rotation. Um, but yeah, all things considered, um, I don't think it's too much to um, you know we don't need to dwell too much on it. Sometimes there are schedule games. Sometimes there are um, you know games that just you know because of you know the, just the wear and tear that they put on their bodies over the last few weeks the last month um you know led to the result and, and i think this was a primary example yeah i think in many ways you saw in this game i mean in considering what happened in boston going that double overtime and having to come back tuesday night in this game uh hornets uh played uh at the over the weekend but got blown out by the, by the brooklyn nets so a lot of these starters didn't get to play those big minutes that the Knicks played guys had. Um, they got to stay in one city for uh, two nights. Now we know New York City can you know maybe get the best of some guys, but it seemed like Charlotte was focused in this game. So they got to stay in one city. They didn't have to travel. So um, in some ways, even though Charlotte was playing on the road, there was some advantage into this game. And not to make any excuses. I mean, this is, is what it is. But uh, by thought fatigue played a factor in this one. I thought, to me, the second unit really kind of, carried the Knicks in this game. I mean, at the starters, I didn't think started the game all that great. They looked slow to come out. They couldn't make any shots. Second unit came in. They built that big lead in that second half, um, built it up to 16 for the most part. Uh, most of it was on them. And R.J. Barrett, who was really, really good in the first half. He was good for most of the game, just couldn't buy any threes, which is unfortunately been a lot of his story for, for parts of the season. But um, but the, the, the key players, the starters, Randall, uh, IQ, um, those guys just – couldn't seem to get it going consistently. Um, quickly had a lot of really good looks uh, in spot-up situations, shots that he normally drills that he just weren't going down that night. Randall um, offensively made some good passes. I thought his reads were pretty good last night, and it was unfortunate that, you know, Knicks would tie lights guys and make shots. But um, so that was good to see him cut down turnovers and maybe execute a little better in regards to adjusting to the defenses, throwing double teams and traps. But um, he didn't have the legs to make shots. He was very candid in the post game saying uh, we were exhausted <laughs> and when I asked what happened out there, um, it was pretty obvious. So you got to give credit to the, uh, to the, to the Hornets for, for stepping up and they could have quit. I think the Knicks kind of hoped that that like knockout punch in the second round in the second quarter was the knockout punch that would kind of just put them away. But the Hornets kept battling and they got pros and they got guys who, if they have confidence like Oubre and Hayward and Rozier, that can't hurt you. It was a little ironic to see a team that, you know, has 21 wins, uh, you know, flexing as much as they were last night. Like, I, you know, I guess, you know, playing in front of the garden crowd, you, you'll get some of that. But I, I was like, it's Ubre might have flexed more times after buckets than the Hornets have wins this season. Like that's it was like crazy. Every basket he's doing some kind of gesture. I'm like, my God, like, OK, dude. But 
Uh, but yeah, credit where well, credit is due to the Florida Hornets. But uh, yeah, a lot of this loss was just on fatigue. Unfortunately, couldn't finish it out. Um, yeah, that's kind of yeah. where I stand on this one. Yeah, and, and I think a, a couple points. One on the R.J. Barrett. I think um, yes, he finished with a game high twenty-seven, um, but he was also four uh, four fifteen from the field in the second half. Like this, mm-hmm. this game felt a lot like the games where that when the Knicks didn't have Brunson and Randall t- kind of tag team in, in years past, um, where they just you get a high volume Randall, but it's not an efficient Randall, and that leads to var- variant swings um, back and forth and. Um, you know, sometimes the ability not don't not having the ability to close out teams. Um, and the other thing, it's a reminder of one of, of Brunson's value and his importance as team, but also um, a reminder to the Knicks that they just they are, uh, you know, unlike a lot of the other, you know, and, and for the last three months, the Knicks have been an elite team, you know, the third best right. record in the NBA, unlike the other very good teams, great teams, in the NBA. They don't have that one superstar. If the Bucs are struggling, Giannis can take over in the fourth. If the Nuggets are having an off night, Jokic, simply by his singular greatness, can dominate a game by himself, even if he's tired and put up 33, 17, and 10 um, and, and carries team to victory. Um, you know, there's there's just guys like that um, that are few and far between. And Bede can you know, have a game like that for the Sixers um, where he just completely takes over and hits 20 free throws, something along those lines. Um, but again, the Knicks are, are, are again, a, the, a team that – the sum is greater than the than the you know that's what's most important it's not one individual talent um you know it's kind of a night by night situation where they you know the, the bench chips in and Brunson will have a great game and Randall get a key rebound and, and things along those lines Mitchell get a block shot um yeah and, and credit to Mitch Rob he was the one guy that did seem kind of fresh and bouncy yeah. um he played less than some other guys but um again you know he continues to dominate the, the glass and 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 you know, dunk, dunk the ball at will. So um, that's good to see. But yeah, um, you know, the, I think those are just kind of the takeaways. Again, the the importance of, of Brunson, um, and uh, you know, the you know the, the Knicks have to basically stay on their P's and Q's every night. They have a lot less margin for error than the other teams at the top of each conference. I also thought the Knicks didn't do necessarily a great job when a calls didn't go their way. Yeah. Um, you know, RJ, there was a, I mean, I thought a very questionable. Um, review that was overturned on a file that they said was a block. I mean, I don't know how you could tell Hayward actually blocked that shot, but even if you did, there was still a lot of contact. So that seemed like an extremely questionable call to overturn. I mean, if you mm-hmm. called it on the call on the floor, we call that a block, then maybe you overturn it. But I, I mean, the overturn right. that from file was a, I thought a, a momentum changing play. You know, random throws Rozier into the front row, and he's saying, "How is that a foul?" And I thought that carried it to the next possession. Um, and, and I was surprised he didn't get attacked or get thrown out <laughs> to end the game. Yep. So yep. it just seemed like, and the rest didn't, they, I mean, the rest let these guys play. And for the most part, I'm always going to be a little for rest letting guys play. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to, this is not going to be, the, I knew I bang on the rest a lot in this podcast. This will not be the podcast. I do that. I do think that the Knicks, uh, though they didn't maybe get calls that should have gone their way. Um, they didn't handle it very well down the stretch either. And the one last thing I'll say on the fatigue. Is I, I always to me people will point to fatigue and say look at often defense and rebounding, and that is true, but and and they showed their ugly head in this game. I thought the third quarter they looked tired and the Hornets ran them out the gym in the third quarter. They had a big uh, offense off. I think they had thirty seven points in that quarter, um, and then um, so and then there were plenty of offensive rebounds gave from that quarter as well. So I, I'm not saying that that wasn't also part of it, but a lot of times I'll actually focus on offensive execution down the stretch because to me that is when it's hardest to execute your offense. And it's because the game gets slowed down and bogged down. You can It's easier to kind of get lazy and kind of say, "Okay, let's just stand in the corner and let a guy just go one on five. And that's what I think you saw a lot of the Knicks doing. They didn't really get into their sets effectively. It's been a problem all season. But I thought 
last night particularly, they were off six point a uh, nine points with six minutes left. And then they just were it was just you know blanketed basically for the rest of the game. Their offense completely shut off and they didn't seem to find a way to get easy baskets. And I think that in many ways sometimes can be even a larger tell about how bad uh, fatigue is because um it, that is when you need to dig your deepest to run your best offense and the Knicks couldn't do it at that stretch. And also just knocking down shots. I mean, you know, that's the, it too. Yeah. The Knicks were short on some shots. And, you know, and, and again, it's the cumulative impact um, of, of years. You know, we've talked about Grimes playing a lot more minutes than he had. And this, you know, kind of his, his real rookie years, he's playing the most minutes he has. And I think he's had a tough time um, you know, adjusting to the three point line, too. You know, we just kind of assume these guys are big and strong. But, um, you know, his above the break three this year is, I think, sub 30 percent or right around 30 percent. He's been more effective in the corners, especially that left corner. Um, but that's another, you know, sign of, of wear and tear and, and obviously mm-hmm. quickly. Um, didn't have that that same kind of spark. So um, it le- it kind of lends itself to the conversation of how did the Knicks handle these next five weeks? You know, this next month, this, this final yeah. home stretch of the regular season. Obviously, you want to secure um, the most importantly, you want to secure playoff position, which means not falling below six. Um, but yes. obviously, you also want to stay in that five four slot um, to, to avoid playing most likely the Sixers if you fall to six. And the Nets, um, after their surprising, you know, uh, shocking 28 point comeback victory over the ball over the Celtics, they've now won three in a row. They're just a game behind the, the, the Knicks. Um, so they don't have that much room to play with. Um, but again, I'd say if I had to, you know, um, sacrifice one to get the other. I, I really hope Tibbs keeps an eye on the minutes. Maybe the front office whispers in his ear, like, "Listen, we need to make sure um, we as a, we are as close to seventy five percent or eighty, you know, whatever the, the highest level of you know everybody's worn down, everybody's nipped up. Um, you know, they've been playing basketball for for four straight months now. Um, even the the most finely tuned athletes um, are, are going to be affected, impacted yeah. in some way, shape, or form. But um, you just want to keep an eye on keeping those guys fresh physically, mentally um, over the, you know, the kind of stretch of the season. That's where the veteran experience playoff teams, the Bucks, um, the Warriors, those kind of clubs, um, you know, can, will, will have an advantage because they're just used to the, the grind and then just ramping it back up um, once the once the postseason tips off. So, um, you know, it's a it's a fine line. The Knicks are going to have to walk here in between um, reducing Randall's minutes just a tad. Um, you know, they maybe they gave Brunson this game off maybe aired on the side of caution and while still maintaining um that 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 fifth seed position where they are right now um the good news is they're only a game ahead of the nets but they're still three and a half games ahead of miami um yeah. so that that that's working in their favor um that gives them at least a little bit of breathing room and i, I thought last night uh tuesday night could have also been humbling as well because look they're playing great they're winning all these games and I, i'm i'm all for these guys putting pushing their chest out a little bit but you know you got randall saying hey low management i got my own signs uh you got tibbs you know making jokes about the minute police in the in yep. the press conference look they're winning these games so i'm not gonna go crazy but like i kind of saw those comments and i'm like i mean are, are it, it, it like at this point if you're saying the expectations are raised like are there bigger goals beyond you know just making the playoffs like you know right. like like if you if those are bigger goals like i think that you can't have such a cavalier attitude to understanding uh, what these guys' minutes are and and their fatigue and things like that. So uh, maybe – and then, you know, Randall come around and say, well, I was tired. I'm like, well, what happened to your own signs? I thought that you had this all figured out. Now you're telling me you're tired. So um, I, I do hope that maybe this kind of resets the organization's thoughts a little bit because um, that was a, a, a bad loss. You know, you're up by 16 points against one of the worst teams in the NBA. 
And like they look like one of the worst teams too. It yes. wasn't like a team that looked good <laughs> when they beat the Knicks. I mean, they looked ragged. You know, they were making shots. Uh, Uber, you know, couldn't miss for a lot of this game. But they didn't look like a good team. It wasn't like you played a game and you said, "Oh, well, the other right. team was really good," and you know they lost. Like you played a bad team and, and you played right, right. Terrible. It wasn't like they hit. It wasn't like they hit fifteen out of thirty-three points. Right. and just got crazy right. hot. Just, you know, yeah, they had a couple guys that played well, and that was all right. they needed to beat the Knicks, even though going, yep. even though they went down sixteen points. So hopefully, this yep. was a wake-up call. Last thing on this game, and it kind of leads us into this next conversation about these next games coming up. Any more concern about the Brunson foot injury? I mean, you talked about. Uh, I think there was accurate to say that it's kind of feels a little secretive at secret of what's going on because like we saw him leave the Miami game which you astutely noted with a ankle injury to the right ankle and they've been saying it's a left foot soreness still which is not the deal with the right ankle so um we haven't heard much on it like Tibbs said he doesn't think it's serious uh but when he said when they asked him to get him right he was like I don't know it's like well, how do you not know right. so some of these things were a little weird so are, are you any more concerned about Brunson moving forward with this injury or do you think that the Knicks are just playing it safe I think they're just playing it safe I you know I don't think Knicks fans need to panic just yet the Knicks like most not even most NBA teams most professional organizations will tell you as little as humanly possible as you know basically as little as they're legally required to do so in today's gambling world um and they're yeah. just gonna you know keep as much close to the vest as possible the fact that brunson's been on the bench he's you know he seems to be laughing and joking with teammates and, and things along those lines tibbs did say that he will fly to sacramento with the team um after tuesday's game which is encouraging um certainly if he didn't make the trip that would obviously be um but again let's i think it's just you know instead of speculating and you know too too yeah. much um, you know, we'll wait until the injury report comes out. I assume he'll be listed as questionable. Um, you know, if he's listed as doubtful, obviously a major concern because he's trending in the wrong direction. Ideally, he'll be listed as probable. Um, but, you know, we'll see for that injury report. And then we'll see Thursday's Thursday morning shoot around um, out in California. That should should tell us a lot. And hopefully Tibbs gives the gives the media out there um, an update and, you know, and we'll go from there. But, yeah, l- listen, make no mistake about it. The, the Knicks go as far as Brunson um, can carry them for, for the most part um, on, on many an occasion this season um and it's uh, impossible to overstate his importance so um you know at, at this point i don't want to say nick fans are waiting on pins and needles but let's just say they'll breathe a sigh of relief if and when they get some good news on the on the brunson front yeah you're right that it's good that he's he's been engaged with the team he's been on the bench and he's been with the team for all these games so that's been good to see um this uh trip is important and you know one thing we've seen with this next team is when they've gone on these long win streaks, they've often like given a lot of these games back immediately. Like they'll yep. go on a four game losing streak right after, a five game losing streak right after. So, you know, that's part of the reason why a game like that was was tough to swallow because you're playing against such a bad team and then you're up 16 points uh, and you don't find a way to get that done. But then now you add the Brunson bit to it. Now you're going on the road. Now you're going on a West Coast trip. You got some pretty good teams you're playing. Uh, you don't want this thing to fester. So, um, it's a it's a it's a balancing act. You got some a lot of guys that could probably use a, a blow. A lot of guys that maybe it would be nice to have Brunson back in the lineup. Maybe IQ doesn't have to play 35, 40 minutes the way he's been playing recently. The 55 minute marathon he he ran on uh, on in Boston on Sunday. So uh, the Brunson thing definitely an important thing to follow. But uh, let's let's shift gears and talk about these games coming up. So um, the Knicks late night action for the New York Knicks returns this week. Uh, they head out west. They will take on the uh, Sacramento Kings on TNT Thursday night. So a rare kind of spotlight game for those teams uh, to be playing each other on a TNT game. I can't remember last time those two teams played each other on national TV. Uh, the Kings are one of the hottest teams in the NBA. Uh, they've won nine of their of their last 12 games. 
they are uh, the number two seed right now in the Western Conference. Mike Brown, my vote for Coach of the Year right now, has done a, a phenomenal job this season. They beat the Pelicans on Monday without all-star guard De'Aaron Fox, who has been dealing with some, some uh, hamstring soreness. Head coach Mike Brown says it was his call to sit Fox who wanted to play in that game. So you'd think that maybe that was one of those rest deals and maybe he's back for this one. But, of course, we'll have to see how uh, their injury report falls out. The last time these two teams played was December 11th when the Knicks throttled the, the Kings 112-99. De'Aaron Fox also missed that game as well. So um, the Knicks have not played uh, a full Kings team yet this season in their one match that they had. So when you talk about this matchup, I know the matchup I'm looking at. Uh, regardless of Fox plays because of the history between these two guys. But what matchup are you looking at with these two teams and the Kings and the, and the Knicks? Yeah, first and foremost, there are just about the Kings. Let me first and foremost say I, I, I've i joked with them in the past and, and even heading into the season that trading Tyrese Halliburton was a terrible decision. I couldn't believe mm -hmm. they did it. He's one of the primary point guards. The Kings, as of this morning, are second place in the Western Conference, which is crazy. Um, so credit to them, credit to the organization um, for rolling the dice on the DeMontis Sabonis deal. Sabonis has played incredibly well um, since arriving in Sacramento, and he's he's been paired well um, with with De'Aaron Fox. So so good for those Sacramento fans that will finally snap the the, the longest uh, playoff list streak um, in in, uh, in in the NBA uh, this season. Um, and just the fact that how about the Knicks playing the Kings. There were eight teams in the NBA with 38 or more wins this season. Two of them are the Kings and the Knicks. Who would have figured that on, on opening day? You would, right. would have got some pretty long odds um, yeah. had you been able to say that. Um, uh, so just a, and one other thing to mention regarding the Kings, um, not only have they won nine of 12, not only are they second place in the Western Conference, um, and they've won six of seven. They, their last, they haven't played since Monday. They've been home since February 28th was their last road game. They, they played wow. th their last three games have been home games. Um, so a massive, you know, there's, there's certain websites that compare rest, uh, you know, who has the rest advantage in certain games. This is a massive rest advantage game for the Kings. Not only have they had three days off, not only have they been home, the Knicks are playing, uh, as we talked about, uh, right to the buzzer Friday, double overtime Sunday, uh, another game right down to the wire Tuesday, get on a plane, fly out to California, uh, play on the road uh, Thursday night against a, a rested Kings team. So there's a lot working in the favor uh, of Sacramento in this game, something to keep in mind. Um, I'll be interested to see what the spread is coming at this one. Um, but yeah, uh, so so those are the things that I, I think are, are definitely worth mentioning, um, you know, heading into uh, 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 Thursday's game. Um, Matchups wise, what do you got? What, what's what's one one you keep? I mean, to me, whenever Randall sees Sabonis, it's usually war. Uh, that's how it's been since those two guys have matched up in the Eastern Conference. I don't know why. I don't think there's anything personal between these guys. I know these guys have battled for all-star spots in the past. So, But um, since Randall's gotten here, he seems to have taken that Sabonis matchup very personally. Now, Sabonis has played a lot of five for the Kings this year. So how much time he gets on Randall might not be as much as off as he normally does. But um, if Randall is seeing some of those small ball fours that they'll be playing against him, that could also – open up a lot of his offense as well. Um, they play a lot of Keegan Murray at the four. Harrison Barnes, who starts, also plays a lot of four as well. So um, what? how Randall does against their front court as a whole, I think, will be the matchup I'm looking to watch because uh, he had a lot of rag ragged games last season, but the one game that stands out was the 40-point like, uh, special he had against the Kings where he hit like seven or eight threes in that game. And it kind of goes back to that consistent theme of if Sabonis is on the court with him, he's going to show he's the better player. So I would definitely expect Randall to bounce back from 
the performance he had against uh, the Hornets with a big yeah. one in Sacramento. Yeah, I think um, I think the point guard spot is is obviously going to be the wild yeah. card here. Does Fox play? Does Brunson play? Um, those will that that'll kind of depend. It sounds like Fox trending in the direction of, of playing. It sounds like he could have had it, had Monday been a playoff game for Sacramento. It sounds like he would have been able to suit up. Um, so we'll mm-hmm. see if he gets back on track. If not, um, Davion Mitchell played really well uh, for the uh, start, started in place of, um, of Fox on Monday. Scored 15 points, six assists. Um, six of eight from the floor, and you know that he's going to bring that intensity defensively. Yeah. Um, you know he's a defense first guy, so he's kind of uh, kind of like IQ in, in certain respects. Um, kind of a you know a, he's, he's smaller and, and doesn't quite have the combo guard capabilities, but um, can get after you defensively. Um, likes to push the tempo. Um, plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, so those two guys could theoretically be matched up if, if the starting point guards aren't back. Um, but should Brunson and Fox both return, um, which hopefully is the case. Um, then that'll be a, a, you know, Fox was one of the players that made the all-star game over um, Brunson as an injury replacement. Um, and, you know, Fox was a guy that was rumored to potentially be a, a trade target last year. Um, so, you know, Brunson wants to get back on the floor, um, wants to, to make his case as, a, you know, and get the Knicks back on track. So um, that should be a very interesting matchup if that comes to pass. Yeah. And when you talk about this Kings team, um, even without Fox, they are extremely dangerous offensively. But Sabonis plays essentially a point center kind of role for them. He averages almost seven assists uh, this season. When you talk about where they rank, um, you know, second in field goal percentage, um, they're up there in in two point percentage. They're first in the NBA, third in field goals made. I mean, this is a, a very dangerous offense, of course, number one in the league in points per game at 121. Point one points per game. So when you talk about this Kings team, it should be a clash of styles. The Knicks don't play the kind of pace the Kings play. So when you think about this game, it's going to come down to, I think, who can impose their will more. And when you talk about the, the Knicks coming off of a, these ragged games they've been playing recently, um, where they've been playing long, extended, tough, physical games, and the Kings, you know, they kind of smoked the, the Pelicans the other night, and they've been at home for a week and a half. Uh, you would think that they may be able to come out and really kind of impose their will on how they want to play on this game. It's been really yeah. fascinating watching this Kings' this team this season because Mike Brown came in um, with kind of like a mandate to improve their defense, which he has. I mean, they they were historically bad the last few years. They're still not a great defensive team, but they've improved in, in certain parts. They're a much better rebounding team this year, which is very important as well. But um, it, it's kind of been a remarkable shift for a Kings team that um, – as you mentioned in the NBA longest playoff streak, they might have the worst longest playoff streak in all professional sports in America. I think, right, um, right, all, all the major sports, between hockey, baseball, that, and uh, NBA, obviously, and the NFL. And to see how they've turned it around this season uh, under uh, Coach Brown, uh, he I think he deserves a ton of credit. Yeah, uh, and I think you that's an important point about the pace. I think that'll kind of determine the game. The Knicks very, more than likely. Um, aren't going to win this game 129 126 if they're going to if they're going to right. be successful it's because it's going to be you know 104 99 or or 111 to, to 106 something along those lines they are going to need to control the pace especially um you know they're they're playing at a rest deficit um the, the, the kings are going to look to come out flying and put the pressure on the knicks and really make them run and make them work make them exert energy uh, right from the opening tip um if the Knicks can slow the slow the pace down control the defensive rebounds, um, you know, and, and, and get back in, not allow too many easy buckets in transition, make it a half-court game. They greatly increase their chances to win. I think that's going to be one of the really early keys to this game. I think we'll, we'll get a feel of it, you know, by halftime, by the third quarter, if it's trending in that really high-scoring direction, Knicks are in trouble. 
And I think uh, one of the matchups to watch, and depending on whether, when, you know, if Fox plays, would be how they match up with the backcourt because Kevin Herter is at a tremendous really? season this season as well. I mean, he's really come into his own after leaving the kind of the shadows of the, the Atlanta players, Young, and, and um, you know, obviously they traded Murray. They got Murray this summer to get him out of there. But he's been one of the best three-point shooters in the league. And if Fox plays, that could mean, okay, I guess you know Brown's going to be on Fox, but that could mean either RJ or Brunson or if it's IQ. Somebody's going to be have to be able to stick <laughs> with Herter because he could he could really rattle him off and, and hurt you from behind the arc. I mentioned Keegan Murray. Uh, he's a stress four who can stretch, who shoot the ball. He's shooting football uh, 40% from the, from the three this season on six attempts per game. So a lot of volume there. Malik Monk is a microwave scorer off the bench as well. So, uh, Knicks gonna have to defend the three. Uh, they're really gonna have to. Uh, their defense is gonna be extended. Whether it's Mitchell putting pressure on the paint because he can fly, get up and down the court, or if it's Fox, who is you know one of the best uh, you know finishers in the league as a point guard, one of the best attacking guards in the league. Knicks are gonna be spread out defensively. Uh, they're gonna have to be all in their p's and q's. But yeah, Herder is a guy that I think also will be someone to watch in this one. Yeah, the, the Herder deal, um, it, you know, looks like an absolute steal for for the Kings right now. They yeah. traded him for um, top, I think, top fourteen protected pick in the twenty twenty four draft. Um, so to, you know, to get him for, uh, you know, and he's still young. Um, you know, to get him for for yeah, he's twenty four years old. <laughs> Great deal for the Kings. Yeah. Um, also, um, a chance to uh, get a, a look at Keegan Murray, um, who's been one of the more impressive rookies this season. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to, to watch him too much. Um, so I really like this game coming out of school. So um, we'll be interesting to see, uh, get an up-close look at, uh, at at Murray as well. But, yeah, the Kings, like the Knicks, are really one of those squads, um, you know, that greatly exceeded expectations this, e- expectations this year. Um, are sort of playing at house money at this point. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're not uh, your uh, older brother. Brothers Kings, these 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 kids can play, <laughs> and uh, it'll it'll be a challenge for for the Knicks most certainly. Yeah, making the ghosts of Paja, Mike Bibby, and Chris Webber proud with the way uh, this team is played, and I'm, I'll be curious to see what they do in the playoffs because yes. I remember a couple years ago, like, and I remember really standing my ground. I really thought the Suns, the first year they got Chris Paul, would he reached the upper echelon of the Western Conference, where a lot of people were kind of skeptical. And they came in that first round series against the Lakers, and it was a lot of well, well, you know, Suns have been good, but you know, Lakers got LeBron, they got AD, defending champs, like they they'll handle these guys. And my thing was, look, a lot of times the regular season kind of tells you the story what the playoffs are going to be, even though the names may be a little different or the teams may not be the team name brands you expect. Uh, they in the Suns ended up, you know, washing the Lakers essentially in that series. I kind of wonder if the Suns will do what well, the Kings are that team this year. A lot of people will look at them. And I think whoever comes out of that playing, that there will be people racing to pick uh, against the Kings, especially if it's the Lakers or some of these other teams like, uh, you know, the Warriors, they slip and get back into that playing situation. Like uh, this Kings team, man, if you've been following them, I know a lot of people haven't. They they are uh, high flying. They score a lot of points and they are very difficult to stop. Just looking at the Western Conference sayings right now, it, it is amazing. I mean, you, you theoretically could the lower seed could be favored in every single matchup. Yeah. Um, you know, like uh, for instance, the, the you, you mentioned the Kings right now that the the Timberwolves and Clippers are in that seven eight spot. So let's say the Clippers win, um, Clippers are going to be favored uh, against against the Kings in in, in the first round. So. Um, you know, then you got the the Lakers and Pels nine ten. So let's say the the Lakers you know slip into that eight seed, um, they take on the Nuggets, and you know the Nuggets should be favored, um, but you know, and and I'm sure they probably will be a you know a slight you know f- f- uh, favorite in Vegas, um, but a lot of NBA. 
NBA pundits will pick the Lakers, assuming LeBron's yeah. healthy, assuming AD's healthy. Um, that's a scary team. You don't want to part of a ton of pressure on, on Jokic, especially with all the conversation around MVP tied to playoff success and yeah. that ridiculous conversation. Um, then, yeah. then you got the Grizzlies. Um, uh, the, the, the three six would be the Grizzlies and the, and the Warriors. You know, the Warriors are who knows, um, if, yeah. who knows what's going on, but the Grizzlies are a mess right yeah. now. John Morant and, and, you know, all, all the other craziness that that's going on um, out in uh, they, and they lost um, uh, Clark, uh, you know, with the, with the yeah, uh, Achilles, Achilles injury, injury uh, yeah. Brandon Clark, that's a, that's a major miss. And then you got the four or five, the, the Suns and, and the Mavs, um, whether they flip flop or not, but there's just so much parody. Um, and, and one thing to mention, you know, just credit to Adam Silver in the league office, this play in format has been an incredible success. You got teams that um, normally would be out of it fighting, like heck, um, you know, to, to qualify for the postseason. Um, you got teams that normally would just basically cruise. They don't care if they get the three seed or the seven seed or the five seed yeah. or the six seed. They are fighting like heck to avoid that seven spot. Um, so really just really increase the level of competition, the level of play, the level of interest from city to city to city uh, across the country. This thing has been a major success for the NBA. Yeah, uh, people will complain about the regular season not mattering. And maybe that's true for the first four months of the season. It is not true for, for now and April. Yep. The regular season matters a great deal to like about 10 teams in both conferences yes. who are trying to avoid yes. uh, that playing situation. So, and, and, and the amount of parity between these teams, I mean, from yes. Dallas at five to Utah at 13, you're talking about a three game difference. <laughs> so, you know, tell me that those teams don't care about whether or not they're making the playoffs. So, um, it should be a very fascinating thing to watch. And we'll stay in the Western Conference a little bit here because that's where the Knicks will be. So the Kings will be the first of a four-game West Coast swing. After the Kings game, the Knicks will travel to Los Angeles to play a back-to-back against the Clippers and Lakers. And once again, schedule not really working out well for the Knicks. Um, two games back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday. Clippers Saturday, Lakers Sunday. Uh, that will be a national TV game, I believe, on Sunday. Uh, then they will finish the trip with a game against Portland uh, next Tuesday before they head back home. So uh, a lot of games in this in this West Coast trip. It's not that they space this out uh, very much. What will be your expectations for the Knicks coming out of this? I mean, you look at this four game stretch as a, as a whole. I mean, do you feel good with two and two? Is that like the, the, the you know what you're asking for here? Should you ask for three out of four? Um, like what what are you looking at here? Listen, the way the Knicks have been playing, you know, you don't want to settle because, again, they've been right. great for the better part of three months now. Uh, obviously, we had the hiccup Tuesday night. Um, but, you know, uh, again, the, the 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 rest schedule, the, the rest factor is a major thing here. They're going to play th- an already exhausted, weary team is going to play three games and four nights on the West Coast against three good teams. The, the Kings playing at a very high level. We know what the Clippers are capable of when they're locked in. Um, and then you got the Lakers who, who are by, by playing their best basketball the season by far um, over the last couple of weeks, they will be without LeBron James. Um, but again, they've looked like they finally hit their stride there. They, they yeah. made some really good acquisitions at the trade deadline. Um, so these are really challenging. I mean, I, I think you'd probably have to sign up for two and two right now, if you could get it, um, you know, they'll be favored in that Portland game. Uh, Portland's having another, another down year, but that's by no means, uh, you know, a, a walk in the park. Um, anytime yeah. you got game, assuming he suits up um, Jeremy Grant and, and the rest of those guys out in Portland, Portland, uh, you know, that they'll the Knicks will want to win that game for for Josh Hart. Um, but, yeah, those are those are challenging, you know, tough games 
um, that the Knicks um, again. You, when you ratchet expectations, you can't. You don't want to. You don't want to go one and three now. You know, again, you don't want to. And obviously, you don't want to. You know, lose. Go over the, the West Coast swing and right. come back to New York on a five-game losing streak. Um, so you have to. You know, you have to start to put together wins. You want to hold off the Nets. You want to stay in that four-five slot. Um, these are pressure-packed. Um, you know, intense game. So we'll uh, we'll see how the, how the Knicks respond. Um, fortunately for New York, the schedule gets a lot easier once they get back yes. from the West Coast. So this is kind of their last, you know, their, their last extended road trip, their last West Coast road trip. Um, but they're, you know, they're they're kind of the toughest stretch of a four game stretch um, for the rest of the season. Um, so for that reason, you know, you expect them to really focus in um, and maybe in, in retrospect, the loss of the Hornets will kind of, you know, keep them hyper focused and get them back. As you mentioned, humble them a little bit um, and get, get get them back on task um, as they head out to for an important four game swing. Yeah, these are these are big games here. I mean, you mentioned a lot of storylines. I mean, uh, you know, we all we already talked about the Kings game. Uh, you talk about the Clippers game, a team that is. Um, Thinks they're still championship contenders, but I mean, if you watch the Clippers, which I've watched them a lot recently because they've been on national TV a lot, um, that something just seems off. Like I, I don't know, like the Russell Westbrook move has not worked out at all. Um, it's a weird thing where sometimes it doesn't necessarily always seem like his fault, but it just wherever he goes, it just doesn't seem to work out. They he they were playing great before they traded for him. And then and, now and, they, and, and the Lakers are playing their best since they traded him. Right, since know? they traded him. Exactly. So it just is and it, it it's every place he's been essentially, at least the last couple of stops. Yep. So so like that hasn't worked out. So that'll be kind of interesting to get an up close look at how that whole situation is going down. I saw the owner was already touting the new arena. So maybe they're yeah. looking ahead past the season already. Right. Um and then you got that Lakers team, like you said, they won't have LeBron, but AD was a, a monster performance. Um, in that game uh, on, on Tuesday night. He had 20 rebounds in that one, busted his nose. He's going to have to go see a surgeon because it looked like he broke his nose in five different places, finished that game. Um, uh, he, he's starting to maybe see the playoffs kind of in the in the, in the in the fur, in the the purview, and he's like, all right, I'm just going to just push to the limit because he's starting to now uh, uh, take this team by storm, especially with LeBron now uh, sidelined. So those are two interesting games. And then talk about Portland. We kind of forget about, the great Cam Reddish, the Nick oh, legend, right, Cam Reddish, yeah. who is playing in Portland. There are some, there's still a segment of Nick fans that are following the, the, the play of Cam Reddish out for uh, the Portland Trailblazers. And he's actually played okay. He's he's had some really good games for Portland. Um, he's yeah. had some standout games. He didn't necessarily yeah. play great in their last game, but went over Portland, over uh, Detroit. But uh, Cam Reddish has some big games. And uh, God forbid the Knicks lose that game and Cam Reddish oh. goes for 25. Uh, the storylines and the headlines and the tweets and and the and the videos you're gonna see it's gonna it's gonna be something. So this is a very interesting kind of collection of games the Knicks have headed out west. I, I agree. I think you got You'll take two out of two, two yeah. out of four in this one. Um, I but I don't think three. I don't. I don't think three out of four is out of the question still. No, just because of how well this team has played. I mean, yeah. this team, as you said, has been uh, dominant for really the last two three months of the season, and this is uh, still arguably the best road team in the NBA, the Knicks yep. uh, right there with the box with some of the best road records in the league. So they seem to relish these kind of road trips. They seem to bond together. They seem to be really focused. So um, when their backs against the wall in terms of the scheduling, the Knicks sometimes kind of show themselves and, and play their best ball, which is kind of what happened recently. Like a lot of these games they had, they had a couple back-to-backs in this little nine-game win streak that they were able to still win. So uh should be a fun collection of games nonetheless. Yeah, 20 and 12. Knicks on the road this year tied with the Celtics and the Bucks for the best road record in the NBA. I mean that that says a lot. Um so that that's obviously something working in their favor.
Absolutely. So should be fun to watch. Uh, Tommy, well, I know you're not going to be here for uh, next episode, so you'll be with us next week. Um, so I'm uh, looking forward to having you back uh, next week, uh, as always. Um, Tommy, let the people know where they can find you. At Tommy Beer on Twitter. You can find me, EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter, Action EJ on Instagram. That will do it for this edition of Orange and Blue Bloods and RC uh, WFN original podcast on the New York Knicks. You can get these episodes wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you hit the auto download feature on your streaming service so you can get these episodes every time we drop. We drop three times a week. We'll have another episode Friday for you guys. So make sure you guys stay locked in here. Um, we have a special guest on Friday, so that should be really fun. Um, so, yeah, so so make sure you guys stay with us on Friday. Make sure also uh, check us out on YouTube. Find us on uh, Odyssey Sports. Uh, that's the channel you can find us. Make sure you subscribe to the Odyssey Sports channel. Uh, not just the episodes of this podcast with Fuller Drop, but also the segments of these episodes as well. So make sure you check us out on the Odyssey Sports YouTube channel. That will do it for now. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. For Tommy, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.